It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, welcome to another week of Cyclone Insider with our friends from the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Uh, Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch join me. Uh, boring day, Randy. Nothing happening in the sports world. Yeah, right. I, I, I was, I'm glad I was at the office this morning. That's all I can say. Birch, uh, this is your sixth appearance on KXNO today. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm paying rent here today. <laughs> I hope you're getting paid well for this. <laughs> let's dig right in. Uh, let's talk uh, to our friend Brian Davis. He's from the Austin American Statesman. He's been waiting patiently on hold. And uh, uh, Randy, really interesting game coming up two nights from now at Jack Tri Stadium between the Cyclones and the Longhorns. And we welcome uh, Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman here on the program. Welcome, Brian. How are you today? Hello, boys. How you doing? <laughs> no complaints. Probably a lot like you. This uh, this basketball scandal's just been kind of rocked everybody's world today. I tell you what. Woke up this morning, started scrolling through my phone. I was looking for Shaka and Smart. Uh, <laughs> either one of those words, and when I didn't see those words, I go, okay, I can breathe a little bit. Yeah, I can relate so. to that. Did you have you? I reached out to Steve Prom. I texted this is Randy. I texted Steve and I said. I said, um, "Can I get your comments on on the basketball situation with the FBI?" And he, within ten seconds, he texted me back. He said, "No." So I don't know. I don't know how to what to mean by what to read by that. But there was so fluid this morning. It was, it was crazy. What what you know? We're talking about football, obviously. But what's your thought on this, Brian? What's what's going on here? Well, I mean, it's it's a confirmation of what we've known for yeah. a long time. AAU is dirty, dirty, dirty. And that, that's, that, that's all there is to it. And, you know, when you look at how uh, players go where they go, who they end up with, who they sign with, I mean, why should anyone be surprised that there is this under-the-table uh, world of, of dirty dealing? I mean, it's, it's college basketball. College basketball, uh, you know, we love the game. But let's be honest, it is easily the most dirtiest of, of all the major sports when it comes to recruiting and, and how it, and how how this thing all works. So um, my, my biggest surprise is that the feds um, basically sprung all this on the NCAA as well. I mean, in fact, the NCAA didn't know what was going on um, until today, basically. To me, that was the most shocking part of the whole thing. I heard Wilbon this afternoon, and maybe you heard the same thing. Compare the um, the the what the feds did to to um, Barney Fife being the meaning Barney Fife being the the NCAA, which you know, sure. which is essentially power essentially powerless. Why do I say that? Powerless, you know. And just to tag on to what what Wilbon said, um, the NCAA being Barney Fife, I'm just curious how soon it will take. Barney to use his one bullet to severely punish that school that we know that we suspect is at the you know is at the forefront of all this. Will it be the death penalty? You know, I I, I don't know, but but the NCAA's got one bullet, and we'll see what they do with it. Right, uh, Brian. Let's can we go to football? You guys good with football now? Uh, the the Cyclones and the Longhorns uh, going to tussle on Thursday night at Jack Trice Stadium. I, Brian, I think Texas is one of the more interesting teams in the country. Just when you look at what the, where they started, that shock, I, I thought it was shocking. At least they were like a nineteen point favorite against Maryland, and then you know they go out to USC, a top five team, and and darn near get the win. What have you? What's the biggest difference 
in your mind, between the Longhorns in week one compared to the Longhorn team that will be in Ames on Thursday night? Well, I think when I look back at it, I think that what we saw against Maryland was the Charlie Strong Longhorn, and what we saw against USC is the, is the Tom Herman Longhorns. Um, you know, I think that it was shocking in that you know they reverted back to old form uh, in, in the season opener, and that for people here in Austin and and you know Central Texas and all that, that was the main thing. Is like, look, we were promised there would be a lot of changes. Um, Herman himself, uh, you know, believed in his changes. It's almost like, you know, he kind of believed in the Kool-Aid that he was dispensing for everybody. And, um, you know, when it didn't happen, I think it was a, it was a shocking, shocking eye-opener for not only the fans, but for Tom Herman himself. It's like, whoa, this, this thing is not anywhere near as good as, as we had thought. And so they go back to the drawing board against San Jose State, and, you know, everyone's dismissed that because it was San Jose State, but it was a 56 to nothing route, right? And then to go to USC and play as well as they did, the run defense bottled up Ronald Jones. Um, you know, Saint, yes, Sam Darnold had, had some big plays, but you look at you look at that game, they had the 56-yard catch and run at the end of the first half, which was basically on a break on a defensive breakdown, um, and they got the ball stripped away in double overtime. Uh you know, they're right there. They're right there against the number four team in the country. So my this is my issue for Thursday night. Does the team that comes to Ames, you know, they played up to the helmet and they played up to the, the scenery in L.A., are they going to play up to the helmet and the scenery in Ames, Iowa? I'm not convinced that they do. I, I think this has trap game written all over it for the Bevos. Uh, what um, Tom's been been bringing up, I've read your stuff, and I've you know said, and Kirk, and all those people bringing up what happened two years ago um, in Ames. Do the do the players? Does that is he really pounding that in? I mean, how that how that game went to the players? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, this is a sign that I don't think this. I'll give you a sign of how this team has not mentally moved on yet, um, and. You know, two days ago, or, yeah, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. We talked with some of the players, and Nashawn Hughes, a senior captain, brought up the fact. He says, "Yeah, you know, Iowa State's really different. They got a really nice stadium over, but they got different grass there. You know, the grass <laughs> is is this thing." And I said, "I said, well, you know, they've got professional farmers there, right? I mean, you, you know that they, they they should have good grass, right?" And he says, "Yeah, but they, that grass is different." And it's funny is that and Kirk wrote Kirk Bowles wrote about this today. Charlie Strong talked about that when he went to South Florida. He said, "I knew we were in trouble when in 2015 the players were talking about the grass." And so, so Iowa State's is, got better grass in Texas. Exactly. So here <laughs> it is, two years later, and one of their senior captains is like, "Oh yeah, you know it's real weird there. You know Iowa State's grass." I mean, to me, that is a big, big red flag that this that that this thing. Is not where it should be mentally, and that's why I think that um, you know, if, if I'm Iowa State, I should feel really good about how things set up on a Thursday night at home. Brian, uh, we we covered Tom Herman for what three years when he was here as the offensive coordinator, and I'm just curious in general, what's it been like covering Tom Herman, and what's his popularity level in Texas? I mean, are the fans there convinced this guy is going to return the Longhorns to the to national prominence? Where are they at right now with this guy? 
Well, I mean, you're you're only as good as your last game, mm-hmm. as, as any as any major fan base, you know, as it should be. And um, so after Maryland, uh, it was either when does basketball begin or how fast can we get rid of this guy? Huh. Um, then after USC, it was like, eh, let's keep him around one more week, you know. And so, um, but but that's what, again, that's with any fan base. I think that if you if you take the emotion out of it, almost every Texas fan will tell you that they are that they are pumped. About the long-term future under Tom Herman, and quite frankly, they should be. I mean, this this is a guy with a with a, a solid track record of okay, maybe he's only been a head coach for two years, but he's been around a successful program, uh, and he has and he has been around a lot of successful people in my mind, successful people uh, throughout his career. That uh, I, I think this is going to work. You know, one of Charlie Strong's biggest downfalls was that he was one of the most disorganized coaches I've ever been around of, of any sport, right? Well, Herman is completely opposite. Herman is incredibly organized, almost to a granular level where, you know, he is approving the, the, the football posters that are given out to little kids, right? And he is approving the music that's played at Royal Memorial Stadium, right? So very, very few, few details get by this guy. And that's important. And I asked him that. I said, "Why? Why are you like that?" And he says, "Look, if I'm if I'm going to get judged on how this program does, I want to have my hand in all of it, right?" And that's what Texas football is. Texas football needs a CEO, not just a coach. You you have to be a CEO here uh, to be successful here. Brian, you brought up a few minutes ago Texas's defense against the rush. Um, that being the case, how's Bevo? Um, how's the pass defense? Because they're you know Jacob Park's pretty darn good, I think. Absolutely. Um, you know, Chris Boyd, there, who, who we all thought was their number one corner, and the coaching staff thought it was the number one corner, too. He's had a very rough time uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Deontay Burnett for USC, frankly, had a field day, I thought. Um, and so, if I'm Lazard, I, I, lock, I lock and load for this week, right? Um, I, I would expect Iowa State to, uh, to come out and try to throw on, on these guys and, and see what you can do. See if you can pick, pick them away at the corner spot um, and, and try to get success that way. Because I think that their run defense is, has found a, a niche where, that, where that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not convinced they can stop people through the air yet. What, what should we expect the, the, from the quarterbacks with Texas? I'm just genuinely curious about how that will be a rotation. What do you think happens on Thursday night, Brian? Well, Shane Bouchelle is most likely going to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he he suffered, he suffered a bruised throwing shoulder in the opener, missed yep. the last two games. Um, and whether or not we see Sam Ellinger is kind of up in the air. I, I I'm I'm of the opinion, and I've written this here in the paper. I, I think that they should play both. Uh, but but Herman is a big big believer in. I want to have one guy and, and go with one guy. Um, they're going to need both players for the rest of the season. So, so if you can get some, if you can get Sam a little more experience, then then they should certainly try. Um, but I, I'm expecting to see a healthy amount of Shane Bouchelle Thursday night. I got one more question for you, Brian, and it's off the game per se. What would Tom Herman do if suddenly after the game, Iowa State football players and UT football players show a sign of solidarity regarding everything that happened over the weekend? How would Tom handle that? 
I don't know. I, I really don't know. And uh, that that would be putting a lot on Texas to think that they could come up with something that was pre-staged, okay. so to speak. Uh, I, I just don't see this school wanting to take that on right now. I mean, I, I tweeted this after talking to some to a couple different administrators, and I believe it wholeheartedly. I, I think college athletic administrators are thankful that their teams are in the locker room at, uh, yeah. during the national anthem. Right. I think I think if you're a college athletic director, you want no part of this national discussion and, and controversy. And then we'll have it all. We'll have it again then in basketball, possibly because they're out. Then exactly, yeah. Basketball is completely different. I just, but I just think if you're a, if you're a football guy, you you want you want your team to have no part of it. Brian, thanks, man. We really appreciate your time. Get up to Ames safely, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday night. All right. Absolutely. I plan on coming down there and walking around that fine grass you've got there. <laughs> we got great grass, dude. You got the cesspool, we got the grass. We're going to have it. I'm they'll have it nice and high, too, for the speedy longhorns, I'm sure. I want it nice and high. I want to take my shoes off and rub my toes in that stuff. Fantastic, I'm told. It'll be a nice night to it for it, too. Didn't they like win, like, don't they win awards for like their turf grass? Every year. But how, many teams, yeah. how many schools actually have grass? Not many anymore. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Bye. Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman. I just saw this. We do have a call. Uh, Joe, hang on. We'll take your call when we get back uh, on the Texas Longhorns. It's Cyclone Insider with Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider. Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch live with us here tonight. With the Thursday game, there's no media availability going on, so we could actually do this thing live, and that's great uh, to have these guys in here. And if you want to take advantage of this opportunity, you can give us a call at 515-284-5966. Joel McRae's taking us out to dinner afterwards. Really? At least you've got his credit card. Is that right? No, I do not. Oh. <laughs> um, I got bad info. You probably have a better way to get that done than I do. I got bad info. I'll, I'll text Shoot him a text. I will. I'll do that right now. And, and if you could put in a good word how much you've enjoyed the radio program, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we'll Just talk- his credit card number. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Joe, who's been holding patiently. Sorry, Joe, I did not see you on there. Uh, you wanted to ask Brian a question, but maybe we can help you out. What's up, buddy? I, yeah, I'll, give I, you, I I'll, ask, I'll give you his phone number. You can call him. <laughs> What's up, Joe? No, I did want to ask it, but maybe you guys can help me. I was wondering how the team psyche is towards Tom Herman after a statement earlier in the season that they're not my players. See, uh, that's interesting, Joe. I thought that got taken out of context. It might have, but uh, you know, the, the only part I get is the sensational part. So I, you know, that, that's all. We I get. remember coming on. Yeah, so I remember coming on the day after that happened, Joe, and Joe's gone. Probably wants to listen to our conversation about that. I feel like that got taken out of context. Um, Herman was basically saying. This is how I took it. Everybody takes everything differently, and that will lead us up to this protest conversation. But my recollection of, of what that was, I actually watched the press conference. You guys know this. As journalists, this is, why, this is one of the things I don't like about Twitter. You can take one sentence from an entire paragraph and put it on Twitter, quote a guy, and it looks a lot worse than if you had the actual context of what he said. So what happened was, this was after they lost to Maryland, and Herman was essentially talking about, hey, you know, like, this is going to take a while. Like, we're not going to completely turn this thing around overnight. 
I don't even know if he ever said these aren't my guys. He did not say that. But this is what Randy spurred Urban Meyer to come back to him. Do you remember that spat I do, I between do. the two? And then Urban came back and you know they, they Basically, kissed and made up. Yeah, yeah. like I, I thought it was taken totally out of context. I think it was blown out of proportion. Uh, I think that if you've watched Texas the last two weeks, they're clearly playing hard for their coach. They I played an inspired game at USC. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the, the, what I saw of it, which was basically the last, I don't know, two quarters. Um, I I agree with you. I did not. I did not. I did not see the words. These are this. Is, these are not my players. And they may have been there. If they were, I I, I missed it. Yeah. I mean, um, Matt Campbell could have said the same thing at Iowa State, but he didn't. He didn't say it. He took action. They got rid of some of the players that they needed to get rid of, who were bad influences in the locker room. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's what what Tom meant. I I don't know. I think that's one of those situations where you and I would have to be there. We'd have to hear it, um, hear it to know, to know how to how we would interpret it, or at least attempt to interpret it. But certainly from watching the the Southern Cal game, I would say Tom Herman's got this team's attention because they played their butts off in that game i think yeah, Tommy, maybe, i mean if you're i mean obviously you can tell those kids are those guys are like randy said playing inspired and you you talk about iowa state catching them at probably the best time possible you know you you gotta imagine with how well they've already i don't want to say turned a corner but already the improvement you've seen from them already three games in the season you can imagine Wow, if Iowa State caught them by week six, seven, or eight, it might be a completely different story. So, I mean, I gotta imagine from Iowa State standpoint, you're looking at it like, okay, this is this is probably the best time to get a Tom Herman team right now. Yeah, I think so too. If you want, if you're gonna play this team, it's much better off to play them right now than I think it would be in November. Kind of say the opposite for maybe like a Baylor right now too. I mean, how terrible <laughs> yeah. they were the first three weeks, and then you know they showed some life. Let's on see how Saturday they come out and play against Oklahoma. The next yeah, time they play, I mean, it, yeah, it's too early to yeah. write a book on them. However, uh, I think Rule can coach. Never thought that he couldn't. I question his recruiting, not having a lot of Texas background, but he hired a lot of Texas guys. And they're at K State this weekend. Yeah, so. we'll see. And he's been loving up to Bill Snyder. I've been. I seeing. know. I, they've got the program I want to be. Yeah. And every and, every new coach in the league wants to be Bill Snyder. They well, all say that. Well, why not? But, yeah. Campbell said the same thing. I know it. I know. They've Rhodes got, said the same they, thing. Uh, yeah. They've yeah, they've got the the program that we want to strive to be. They know. all want to be Bill Snyder, and then he, then Bill Snyder just beats them. Who doesn't want to live to be that old? Just eat Taco Bell all the time and just win football games. He is uh, living the life. He is living the life. That that's for sure. He's got street named after him, stadium named he's, after he's him. He's got a statue. Sta- the, yeah, a statue. The Bill family, the Bill Snyder family stadium yeah. there. Wow. Uh, all right. Um, Nobody will build a statue of us. We're on for the next 20 minutes. we got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about, will, Iowa, will you see any sort of a protest from Iowa State players? It's been an interesting week up in Ames, that's for sure. Maybe make a few Iowa State-Texas predictions. I want to touch on this college basketball scandal from today as well. We're on until 620, and then we will hand it off to the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Get up, baby! Uh, more Cyclone Insider next here on KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Hour three of Fanatics, but you're tuned into Cyclone Insider right now, courtesy of our friends from the Des Moines Register 
Uh, Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch are with me for the next 20 minutes or so. Thanks to uh, Brian from the Austin American Statesman. That was a great interview. You can check out the podcast at DesMoinesRegister.com later on this evening. All right, gentlemen, where do we want to start? Let's start with this uh, player protest, and then we'll work our way into the game. Um, I don't know. I think that there's certainly guys on Iowa State's roster, as you've seen over the last week, specifically on social media, who I think Lazard, I I mean, based off of his Twitter feed, Tommy, I think he would take a knee. Absolutely. If Iowa State yeah, were I out there. So I absolutely think that he would on Thursday. I don't think he would be alone either. However, they're not going to be out there. I was trying to explain this on Twitter to some people who were <laughs> amped up. I'm like, well, listen, I think you're getting worked up, and it's, nothing's going to happen because they're not going to be out there during the national anthem. My question is, do they do something else? I do, I, and I, I have no idea. I don't know the answer. I think anything before the game would be very difficult just in the sense that they're not out there for very long. They basically get out there, and then there's kickoff. I don't know what they could do. Yeah, it'd be really difficult. But you can tell from talking to all those guys between, you know, and Randy and I spent a lot of time around them yesterday, between Lazard, Montgomery, Akeem Butler. They, You get the feeling they definitely want to do something. And, I mean, just based off of what they've said on social media, too, just given the opportunity – um, they would like to make some kind of statement. This is a, uh, about as big of an opportunity as an Iowa State football team's going to get. They're going to be in prime time. They're going to be on ESPN. They're the first college game, kind of since this has all kind of gone down, which so, is worth noting. Yeah. yeah. So there are going to be a lot of eyes on them. So if they want to make some kind of a statement, they just aren't going to be able to do it during the national anthem. But the opportunity is going to afford itself at some point before or after the game, I would imagine. What about you, Pete? I'm, I'm not going to say where I, where I got all this from, but I heard from somebody very much smarter than I um, that, knows I was, that, knows, that knows college football, that knows football, that knows athletics, that, and this is not meant to be political, because I don't know the difference between a Republican or a Democrat or Independent, so do not even <laughs> think I'm going there. But, but there are... I was told there are some people in the sports world who took offense when Donald Trump insinuated that the owners should fire NFL players that take a knee during the national anthem. I was told that some of that some of some people are taking this as Trump um, ref as let me back up. I looked up this number today. There are 70 percent of the of the NFL players are African American. Yes. So you know people are, are drawing comparisons there. I don't know whether that's that's true or not, but I guarantee you that has seeped. I've seen some tweets even um, from some college players throughout the country. So that's that's out there a little bit. Whether that's going to cause a full blown arm in arm. Um, show of unity after Thursday night's game, which will be the first game, college game, played since then, national stage, ESPN. I don't have any idea, but I know there was some talk about it. So you you think that it could be a uni, unifying deal between the two schools? I've heard that that could be a possibility. These specific schools, or do you think just in college football in well, general? Well, starting off with these specific Because they're the first on the stage. They're the first on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and which leads to the interesting question: Would Matt Campbell participate? Would I don't, Tom Herman participate? Yeah. Would Tom Herman participate? Yeah. We're going to disagree on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, I. I'm no, kinda, and this is all an if. Yeah, Let's just, this is yeah, all an that's if. All a giant it's if. All I mean, if. just to me, it was really interesting how Matt Campbell at least during the press conference, tried to, uh, I guess, steer the conversation down the middle of the road because no matter which side of the street he would have gone to, you're going to piss some people off. You're going to upset some some pretty loyal fans if you talk about, yeah, I'm fine with my players taking a knee. I'm fine with my players protesting. If you go the other route and say, hey, I don't want you protesting. I'm against it. You're going you're gonna to upset some some other fans. And you're going to risk losing your locker room. So you have to, you know, it, it's definitely a very delicate situation for Matt Campbell and every college football coach. It's not an Iowa State thing. It's not a Texas thing. Right now it's something every college football coach is dealing with. And you have to kind of ride the fence on it almost. I do it's have to really hard to, I think to take to. a stand one way or another. I think in a guy in like a Matt Campbell's position, like I think what he said yesterday was perfect. Absolutely, because yeah. And it took it took some time for him to kind of get there. You could tell it was not a route he wanted to the, go. I think it's a no-win situation. I just feel like a lot of this is just so – I think like it's misunderstood the core of why Colin Kaepernick did this in the first place. To me, but what, that's beside the point. To me, think, what I'm, I'm what I'm actually most interested in, and you know, obviously, I want to see if there is going to be some kind of protest. But the reaction of Iowa State fans, because I was telling Randy this too, you know, I, I you know, I scanned the comments on our Facebook page and on the on on all the stories, and you know, when when you got a comment on a registered story, you're you see the Facebook name. Some of the most loyal Iowa State fans who just bleed cardinal and gold are upset about, yeah, you know that's, this this bring being brought into the sports world. Kind of where I was going. Well, get a life. It's, sports <laughs> and sports and politics have always merged. People say that college sports and politics don't merge. Obviously, we're not around for the Black Coaches Association and their threatened boycott back in the 90s. Rudy Washington was the head of the Black Coaches Association. He was a Drake coach at that time. I covered Drake at that time. Don't tell me that sports and politics don't mix. They absolutely mix. I, yeah, I'm right. not saying I'm not that. Saying, I, yeah, no, I'm not think, saying you, Tommy. Yeah, I'm and, not saying that. I, just and think, I that, think the other element, too, is I think there are so many fans and you know i'm 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 obviously not this you know i'm i'm not advocating one way or another but i think there are just so many fans that look at sports as hey they're they're out from everything that's taking place in in the political arena the day-to-day life and they use sports as a way to take their mind off of it and as soon as that stuff kind of gets brought into into that arena i think that's that's where you get another yeah, brand of I, uh, bitterness, I think. I think the the one, two things that I would add to this. One, the, the African-Americans are very well represented in the sport of football, as Randy pointed out. So for them to be able to get their point across, like this is actually a very good way for that. There's there's so many eyeballs on you at the national anthem it stands out etc 
I think that's an important part to because they're underrepresented in, in the business world. They're underrepresented all over the place. This is where they're very heavily represented, and that's where it kind of the where this whole thing began. And I don't think that a lot of people. I think we we walk a fine line where we constantly point at the military, right? Because it's not that really didn't have anything to do with when Colin Kaepernick first did this. In fact, Colin Kaepernick sat the first time he did the national anthem. He spoke with the Navy SEAL who supported Kaepernick's right to do this, and then the Navy SEAL said, hey, you know, I think this would go over better if you kneel instead of sitting. Whatever. I also think that you walk a fine line when you're the players because of the Facebook comments you were just discussing. There's a reason why the gentleman from the Steelers who stood by himself on the the, form, the veteran, plays for the Steelers, stood by himself, number one selling jersey in the NFL right now. This is not popular. Um, and I'm not saying it, that should change what they do or don't want to do. I just think that this could have negative repercussions for players and their checkbooks down the road, too. Like, it's a really – this is – Randy, I'm 33. This is as difficult of a topic I've ever had to come on the radio and talk You're about. lucky there wasn't talk radio back when Boston College was going through the point shaving. Yeah, Boston I just, College basketball going through point shaving. That was that was nasty. I mean, there was no talk radio or anything, but you've seen the 30 – maybe you've seen the 30. Yeah, years, actually, maybe the, not. but you see – when you yeah. come on here, like, you're walking such a fine line and – Everybody has their own personal beliefs right. and stuff. But, man, I really do see both sides to this. And no matter and what you say, no matter which road yeah. you go down, that's, there is going to be a big crowd that's upset with and you. And that's, that's right. Okay. You've got to pick road. a stance. You've got to – if, if, in fact, you want to pick a side, you've got to pick a side and be passionate and stay with it. And that's where I don't blame Matt Campbell for riding the fence. You absolutely have to, I think. But what if – and let me just play devil's advocate. Okay. Um. What if the players do something? And please, people, I said, what if? Yeah. What if they do something? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm not even going to see it any. For me personally, people said you, you want something to happen. Well, I'm not even going to see it anyway. I'm going to be in the the workroom writing. It's a stupid deadline game. Um, uh, but what if Iowa State players do it? What if Matt Campbell is out there with them, locked arm in arms, or whatever they do? I don't think it'll be a kneel, locked arm in arms. Yeah, you're going to have a certain segment of fans who are probably are not happy. They'll get over it, especially if Iowa State wins the game. They'll get over it. Um, or what if Matt Campbell does not? What if he goes in the locker room while his players are? So I'm there? saying, like, he's not in a situation. It's a not. It's a, it's a, it's a no a win. Lose, for lose for him. Yeah. So ride the fence. That's. But how do you ride the fence? And if his players do, yeah, I don't know. I I actually, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I come on here every day and I try and act like I know everything and I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I don't it's, know. It's very it's touchy. A, you know, and in all likelihood they won't do anything. But but um I know that yesterday it was it was a possibility. Uh we do have a phone call, five one five two eight four five nine six six. Steve, welcome to Cyclone Insider here on fourteen sixty KXNO. Okay, am I supposed to turn my radio down? Isn't that the way it works? No, you actually sound fine. Okay. You, you're um, doing something right. So thanks, Steve. Steve. You've <laughs> listened to talk radio before. Good job. Okay. I've, well, I actually talked to you guys before on occasion. Um, I was at the Iowa Penn State game Saturday night. I'm an old marching band geek, so I know how they choreograph everything about the pregame from the back and black all the way through so that it leads up to the national anthem and the Hawks are always lined up along the sidelines. It's 
single file all the way down the sideline. My understanding is was that the Big Ten required both teams to be out there for the national anthem, but Penn State never showed up until literally just right before um, it was time for the coin flip. So they never came out. Now, I don't know that any of this necessarily reflects on the politics of the situation. What I'm curious about is if you have a way of looking it up to see if, indeed, the Big Ten still has the rule that their both teams are supposed to be out there because Penn State did not. Because my seats are literally right above the... Yeah, I'm trying to think think back. I know Iowa comes out. I've covered both teams. I know Iowa comes out, and golly, I cannot remember what Penn State does. Um, Golly, I'm trying to wreck my brain about what happens... In Happy Valley, how they do those, and I, I golly gee, I can't. Well, but, I can't but my but, point is simply that it was my understanding that at Kinnick, the visitors were obligated to come out and you know line up on their sideline opposite the Hawks through the national anthem. That that was a Big Ten policy affecting okay. both teams for any game at any Big Ten stadium. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. But let me ask you a question, Steve. You said you you go to Iowa games, right? Yeah, I got season tickets. Are you there for kickoff? Are you there for the pregame? Are you there, you know, how 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 soon are you in the stadium? I'm always there in time to watch the pregame, everything, you know. I, okay. I eat up that stuff so, with the, the back to black and the whole thing. So I've, I've not, uh, like I said, I used to cover Iowa. What, do they still play the now Kinnick speech? Yes. That's always Is it right political? Is it a political speech? I say yes. It's loaded with some politics. Well, just recently on YouTube, I found the whole speech. Mm-hmm. And what they play on the, the uh, Jumbotron is really just a very, very short okay. portion okay. of it. Okay. The only thing that becomes political about it is that, you know, he's probably the only guy in the history of the Heisman that ever quotes something in French in the middle of his acceptance yeah. speech. Yeah. But, you know, he says he, he figures that, you know, most players in the Midwest would much rather um, earn the Heisman Trophy than the Quad de Guerre, which I guess is some French, you know, form. But other than that, it's not really political. Okay, okay. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate your phone call, bud. We got one more call I, I want to make sure and get to. Dave, Dave is very uh, passionate. would like to get on the phone with us. Hey, Dave, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Um, I was at the Bear game. I go to 41-year season ticket holder. So the Bears and they played the Steelers over the weekend, right? You bet. And you know it is called Soldier Field, and it's called Soldier Field for a reason. And when you walk in there, man, you better everything you do is walk by all the people that have fallen in the war, all the memorials, all the statues. When you are at Soldier Field and you have Villain the Wave walk out. And stand by himself at Soldier Field in Chicago. We were sitting with Pittsburgh fans that were furious, absolutely furious about it's ridiculous. Man, we're not MetLife Stadium. We're not Wells Fargo Stadium. We are Soldier's Field. You're not Jack Trice. Stadium, the only stadium in college football named for an African American. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate your phone call, Dave. What was the the name of that field? Soldier Field. (laughs) Not soldiers. Soldier. (laughs) Well, that Dave just proved my point, though, that I was saying to you guys earlier uh, about all these protests, and I, I think a lot of it comes from a good spot. 
personally, I don't think I would ever take a knee during the national anthem because of the way I was raised. But I wasn't. I'm not a African American. Joe Lanning, yeah. said he would not. Yeah, like also. everybody's different. Yeah, uh, everybody's raised differently. There's a lot of gray area in this, and but Dave just proved my point. There's a lot of people like Dave out there. And there's a reason why that gentleman from the Steelers, Bill in the Wave, I believe right, his last yeah. name, there's a reason why his jersey is the number one selling jersey in the NFL right now. It doesn't matter what political side you are on. That It's a fact that he, a rather obscure offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, today has the number one selling jersey in the entire National Football League. Are we the only ones talking about this? I wonder, being that it's the first football, college football game this week. I don't, you know, I don't have any idea. I've been watching the, the basketball gate I mean, for all day. But um, Yeah, that's, that's just what we needed is a little college basketball scandal yeah. to take our minds Deflection. off all this. Deflection. Um, man, our phone lines have just blown up, and we only have two Oh, and I forgot left. to mention that, remember, Steve Leaf led uh, – um, Donald Trump around Jack Trice Stadium two years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Jack Truce Stadium um, two years ago. And that, When's the last time Trump ever used the word truce? Again, that, that's not to be political. And that did that did not go all swimmingly out in the tailgate lots swimmingly. either. Jeez. Um, I'm going to try and sneak this call in from Bob. Uh, Bob, rip, make it real quick, Bud, because I know you want to talk football here. Welcome, Bob. Well, I also, I, I, I wanted to talk about football and also what happened to Sam demonstration, what I'd want to see. Uh, first of all, uh, on the football side, uh, Cyclone fans should be happy based on what they said about Texas because if they're talking about the grass and the surroundings, we got them right where we want them. Bingo. I agree with that. I hope they haven't cut that grass in weeks. The other thing I was going to say was I was watching last night, Monday Night Football. Hurry up, Dave. you got Hurry. 20 seconds. They, uh, they, what the Cowboys did almost put a lump in my throat. I thought they handled it perfectly. And I, I thought so too, Dave. Same thing, if anything. Thank you, Dave. Or Bob, excuse me. Dave is the last caller. Thank you, Bob. Man, we could have gone on for another hour. Thanks to Peterson, Birch. Love you guys from the Des Moines Register. Uh, the, the Redbirds, get up, baby. They're coming up next here on KXNO.